Day 18. Seventh and Last Voyage. After my sixth voyage, I was quite determined that I would go to sea no more. One day, however, the caliph sent for me to bear a letter and a gift to the king of Serendib, in return for his message of friendship. Though I had made a vow never again to leave Baghdad, the caliph insisted that I should go straight to Serendib and give the message. I was soon ready to start with the letter and the present, and sailed quickly and safely to Serendib. When I had disclosed my errand, I was well received and brought into the presence of the king. After thanking him for the honor that he did me, I displayed the caliph's gifts. First, a bed with complete hangings, all cloth of gold. Fifty robes of rich embroidery, a hundred of the finest white linen from Cairo, Suez, Kufa, and Alexandria. Then, more beds of different fashion, and an agate vase carved with the figure of a man aiming an arrow at a lion. And finally, a costly table which had once belonged to King Solomon. The king of Serendib received with satisfaction the assurance of the caliph's friendliness toward him, and now my task being accomplished, I was anxious to depart. But it was some time before the king would think of letting me go. At last, however, he dismissed me with many presents and I lost no time in going on board a ship, and for four days all went well. On the fifth day we had the misfortune to fall in with pirates. When they had despoiled us of all we possessed, they forced us to put on vile raiment and sailed to a distant island where they sold us for slaves. I fell into the hands of a rich merchant, and after some days he sent for me and questioned me as to what I could do. I answered that I was a rich merchant who had been captured by pirates. Tell me, said he, can you shoot with a bow? I replied that this had been one of the pastimes of my youth, and that doubtless with practice my skill would come back to me. Upon this, he provided me with a bow and arrows, and mounting me with him upon his own elephant, took the way to a vast forest far from the town. When we had reached, we stopped, and my master said to me, This forest swarms with elephants. Hide yourself in this great tree, and shoot at all that pass you. When you have succeeded in killing one, come and tell me. So saying, he gave me a supply of food, and returned to the town, and I perched myself high up in the tree, and kept watching. The next morning I killed one, and ran back to tell my master of my success, for which I was praised and regaled with good things. Then we went back to the forest together, and dug a mighty trench in which we buried the elephant, in order that when it became a skeleton, my master might return and secure its tusks. For two months I hunted thus, but one day one of the elephants wound his trunk round the stem of my tree 
and with one mighty effort tore it up by the roots, bringing me to the ground entangled in its branches. I thought now that my last hour was surely to come, but the huge creature picking me up, gently enough, set me upon its back, and turned and crashed off into the dense forest. I found that I was standing upon the side of a great hill, strewn with bones and tusks of elephants. This, then, must be the elephant's burying place, I said to myself, and they must have brought me here that I might cease to persecute them, seeing that I want nothing but their tusks, and here lie more than I could carry away in a lifetime. So I turned and made for the city as fast as I could go. After a day and a night, I reached my master's house. I told him everything, and the next day we went together to the ivory hill. When we had loaded our elephant with as many tusks as it could carry, and were on our way back to the city, he said, These wild elephants have killed numbers of our slaves every year. Now, through you, the whole town will be enriched without further loss of life. Therefore, you shall not only receive your liberty, but I will also bestow a fortune upon you. But I replied that I only asked the liberty to return to my own country. It is well, he answered. The monsoon will soon bring the ivory ships hither, then I will send you on your way. So I stayed with him till the time of the monsoon. When the ships at last arrived, my master himself chose the one in which I was to sail, and put on board for me a great store of choice provisions. I left the ship at the first port, and sold my ivory for much gold, and bought many rare and costly presents. Then... I joined a caravan of merchants. Our journey was long and boring, but I bore it patiently. At least I had not to fear storms from which I had suffered before, and at length we reached Baghdad. My first care was to present myself before the caliph. As to my adventure among the elephants, he heard it with amazement. By his orders... This story and the others I had told him were written by his scribes in letters of gold and laid up among his treasures. I took my leave of him well satisfied with the honors and rewards he bestowed upon me, and since that time I have rested from my labors and given myself up wholly to my family and my friends. Thus Sinbad ended the story of his seventh and last voyage, and turning to Hinbad he added, Well, my friend, and what do you think now? Have you ever heard of anyone who had suffered more, or who had more narrow escapes than I have? Hinbad drew near, and kissing his hand respectfully replied, Sir, my troubles have been nothing compared to yours. Moreover, the generous use you make of your wealth proves that you deserve it. May you live long and happily in the enjoyment in it. Sinbad then gave him one hundred sequins and counted him among his friends. Also, 
he caused him to give up his profession as a porter, and to eat daily at his table, that he might all his life remember Sinbad the sailor. <laughs>